Hello and welcome to Uncle Mo's Family Feedback. We look through the dizzying highs, the terrifying lows, and the creamy middles of The Simpsons seasons 1 to 12 through random episode generation. I'm, of course, your host, Time Crane. Join with me in this Christmas special to step into Christmas, if you will, is uh, the ever so jollier Cal Reader now. Cal, how the hell are we this uh, festive season? Ho, ho, horrible. Oh, I'm good. Well, I'm doing okay plodding along best i can um ready for all this christmas festive joy um for the first time ever done my christmas shopping before even december and i'm quite happy about that yes Um, but yeah just ready for uh, because how it's fallen i get quite a longer i get a longer christmas period off i usually only get christmas day and boxing day off so I get a four-day weekend, which is fantastic. What about yourself? I um, can't wait for that magic four-day weekend also. Um, very well, man. Just doing a lot of new training at work for my new role. And um, I tell you what, folks, um, character and personality is all about it when you're talking to people over teams because, you know, learning about, I don't know, just... Uh, uh, other countries are not willing to pay your company the right amount at a certain time you can either make it really interesting or really boring so i've had a right revels bag as far as um people explaining it to me in a fun way there cow oh, i'll tell you what absolute peaks and troughs there i love training have you had any fun training videos or anything like that that's my fate no i, I relish each one i hate training like i think everyone does but those fucking videos are they that's what makes me love working for a massive Could you company. give us your favourite you've ever seen? There was one where they was talking about hackers and stuff and things and like this woman had opened up an email, she'd just got a new job um, and she opened up this email which she expected was part something from a manager or some shit like that, she clicked the link realised it weren't um, Got rather than going through her normal IT issues uh, not issues uh, uh, team and such like that they decided to just get some random weirdo who they knew from college to come and help him which you like, the entire time I'm just thinking well he's obviously the one who's actor um, then it kind of gets into a point where he's really like cold with her boyfriend they then go for, the boyfriend and her go for a walk and it's just like yeah you know we used to be friends but then, um, from what happened in college, we uh, we just didn't talk anymore, and then it's just left. I'm like, well, what the fuck happened in college? Like, you need to tell me this shit. Like, <laughs> and then at one point they go, I didn't realise hacking could be that bad. And he was like, yeah, well, it could kill. Uh, it, it can't kill people, can it? It's like, yeah, it could kill people. It could kill the population of Birmingham. And I'm just like, oh shit, this is fucking like, <laughs> tell me more. And bear in mind, obviously, I'm not going to tell you which, you know, where specifically I work, but I work in finance. Um, it had nothing to do with the, the place I work for or anything like that. It, but it was just so glorious and so hammy, and it was fantastic. And it was just like, I really want to find it. I could, I found it on YouTube, well, like a trailer for it. It doesn't do it justice because it's just really dramatic. Um, and but yeah, it's just completely off topic. But yeah, it's fantastic. I love. I just love 
shit like that. And there was another one where I was watching it. It came in like three parts. He like watched one video, did a few questions or whatever. Watched another video, a few more questions, and like an exam at the end and stuff. And I'm watching it, and I'm sat. This is in the before time when you could sit next to people at work. Um, and when I was sat with my mate, and he was just going, "Oh yeah, you're doing a training." I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "You just watch it. It gets good." Like, I want to hear your opinion on it. And it was just like, it was something about money laundering or some shit like that. Um, and we, I'd, like, this manager, she goes to this manager, she, find, she finds this customer who's just, like, a little bit sus. And they're like, oh, okay. And goes to the manager, the manager's like, hmm, okay. Yes, I will sort this out myself. And you're like, well, he, he's obviously in it. Like, you know corporate espionage and all this rubbish and shit and I'm talking to my mate and going yeah he's probably doing it it's all him it's going to come out he's going to walk out on handcuffs and it says like if you want to report a manager go through like the anonymous means if, if need be so I was just like okay watching it another thing I'm like yep yeah, definitely him he's going hmm yeah yeah see what happens um then it just turned out he had nothing to do with it and he was just a really really bad actor and I was really oh no I was just like <laughs> sake. what the fuck uh, he's like, yep. I was just like, but, but, but Tyler, he was the one who did it all. He was like, that's what it seems like, but it's not. And I'm like, what the fuck? Swerve. I, I was really heartbroken oh, by God. it. I was just like, I felt robbed of my time. But yeah, sorry, secret passion of mine. I've, I've just wasted a good six minutes worth of uh, <laughs> an intro to a podcast. I love trading videos where they're just completely dramatic and shit like that. But yeah. The best one I've watched um, was one I actually uh, um, did for one of my well my first ever job at a supermarket for a, I think Christmas two thousand and nine probably and that I don't remember all of it but I really remember um, having a lift stuff on the shop floor anything that was particularly heavy um, it was just people with neutral British accents throughout the whole thing but they decided to get a Geordie in there to lift people up. And just um, and then they started talking about how yeah, your knee joints like a jam donut. If you don't bend the right way and you keep your back stiff and your knees bent, it, you know, the jam will spurt out. And then you just see someone with a plastic pole just stick it into this jammy donut, and it just um, squirts <laughs> everywhere. And it was the most surreal thing ever. And I just send it. That's when I just started uh, getting into what. You know, Alan Partridge and Geordie Michaels, one of the little characters in there, and I'm just thinking, fuck, have they plucked him and stuck him in here? I couldn't believe it. I had to put my <laughs> um, head in my hands there as well when I was watching it in the little office. I couldn't believe it. It was the most surreal thing. It was very Vic and Bob. Yeah. Vandals, eh, Mr. Partridge, you know? Makes you wonder what it's all about. Yeah. A boot? Hi, you know, vandals, you know. What, what is it all about? Oh, about, sorry. Sometimes it's difficult to understand the, uh, the Geordie people. <laughs> you know, what I reckon is that if they had the sense proper jobs, they wouldn't be up to all this, you know, larking every night. What? <laughs> what I'm saying is that, like, if they had the sense proper jobs, you know, for a gun till, then they wouldn't do it. You know, a lot of them's from broken homes. Oh, sorry, that was just a noise. <laughs> the festive episode we're going to get into today, folks, is Grift of the Maggie. Uh, from season 11, episode 9, directed by Matthew Nastuk. Written by Tom Martin, with the original air date being December the 19th, 1999. And the couch gag being that the family end up all going down a fire pole onto the couch and Homer gets stuck. And as always, ask a cow, 
any thoughts, initial thoughts or nostalgic memories about this here Christmas episode? So I did remember this episode quite a bit, more so about the school and stuff. Um, the in, you know, when the kind of the advertisement company gets in. Um, there's also the bit about with, with Millhouse and such like that. I remembered bits about this episode, and then when we kind of decided on it last week, um, I was kind of like, uh, it's not going to be a great one. It's it, you know, we'll see how it goes. But I was actually quite pleasantly surprised, if I'm honest. I, I didn't. I thought it, you know, it, it it's on the latter end of our kind of spectrum of episodes um but i thought it was quite good I, I i quite you know i was pleasantly surprised with it what about yourself uh with this one as far as old childhood memories and that this was part of a bunch of vhs's i had when i briefly had sky in the year 2000 and bleeding into 2001 there and i think this on the tape with the um you know, the Jockey Elves one and a couple of others as well. So I always remember, you know, rewinding the tape and, you know, burning that out to misery there. Um, but I think the things that stood out was Funzo itself and Gary Coleman. Because I wasn't really, I was, I think, how old was I been? Maybe six or seven. So I wasn't aware of the, you know, concept of like little people or that. So I just found this, this short black gentleman just screaming and shouting and all that i thought that was absolutely hilarious now and uh funzo itself there um and we'll get on to um you know particular toy phenomenon around the seasonal period and that but um yeah it's always been a memorable name within me um you know much like what they did with malibu stacy there um yeah funzo they really captured that uh frenetic uh fever uh with the propaganda for all the toy makers we open up this episode with um, Lock Down Your Door, folks. It's a... What is it? A super bright light? Um, scorched sun? Scorched earth? It's, oh, I don't know what the hell this was, Cal. It was the ozone layer. So the ozone layer had... Uh, the bit what devastated Brazil, I think he says. Um, randomly goes over Springfield and you're not allowed out of the house unless you're, uh, you've got sun cream. Oh, you're incredibly hairy. Like a Level 5 Robin Williams, I remember that gag. A nice little image pops up behind Kent as well. And we see uh, Milhouse getting pursued by this um, very aggressive part of the ozone layer going for him. And he's smashing on the door there, and the Simpsons end up letting him in there. But they ask if he's alright, and um, hell, his vision is gone. It's just completely red, very blotchy there. Um, uh, this is a very odd start for me there, Cal. Uh, I don't know about you. I, m- I mean, I-, I like the majority of the episode, but I don't know why they started with such a surreal, out there gag. Uh, yeah, it's 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 it is an odd one, if I'm honest. Um, I didn't really. I when we kind of saw it, I was just like, I suppose it's more Christmassy than this, and it kind of made me question, really. Um really the episode to be fair but I, I don't it's in that weird period isn't it though of um, when the Simpsons kind of what what started off in the episode doesn't necessarily lead on 
kind of thing. Yeah. Well, they just need him to get in the house so they can be bored, and you know, that leads to Bart breaking his cocks there. But yeah. why it went to that length of degree, I don't know. And again, I'm a massive defender of seasons 11 and 12 there, no matter how mental and ludicrous it got there. But I don't know. This just that one didn't work for me in particular, folks. I'm so, afraid to say. The thing is, though, I feel like this whole gimmick of having like the son basically chase around the mill house and and getting them you know dressed up as women and stuff like that it's purely all made just for one gag yes it, it doesn't they could have easily had i don't know something else of some some other way of just like getting the mob to like bankrupt school race mm. basically excuse me um i don't know it just it they could have if they would have made it more festive somehow, like maybe just have him slip just on the ice. Yeah. And this you know, there we go. He has to get a, a ramp and then mob comes in, ramp uh bankrupts the school and then they get the funds out people in and shit. It just it just all feels very odd, really. But I don't know. Well, you're right. The wintry, they would have made it more wintry set. It would have made a lot more sense. But uh, instead, what we do get, folks, is a uh, Millhouse and Bart are bored in the house. Then they try to look through these games. You know, clan police there, the district county lines, or whatever the hell that was with the warped zoning disc there. But they find some silly string, and Bart's a dab hand at this, and he ends up making Lisa into a little Millhouse. But you know, ah, who wets the bed now, Millhouse? <laughs> And we get to, um, you know, one of the scenes that's really going to kick it off now. They're busy rooting around in Marge and Homer's bedroom there. And they find um, clothes. Hey, do you want to dress up like ladies? I don't know. Isn't that going to make us a bit fruity? <laughs> and a very apt point. Oh, yeah. what's the matter? Are you afraid you're going to enjoy it now? Oh, I'll show you. <laughs> like, reverse psychology always works on Bart. As much as, you know, the um, poor predictable Bart always goes to rock. Good old rock. Nothing beats that. Like... The basic, the basis of psychology will just work on him. Yeah. Has it ever worked for you? Have you ever worn women's clothing and felt like you liked it? Oh, please. Uh, let me tell you now, folks. I was a fantastic ginger spice at our uh, end of the year um, assembly that we put on a little play. We did it uh, each year, did it for their you know, end of the year. Ours was like pop culture through the ages. And me and a group of friends did the 90s there. And in all fairness, we went from, um, what did we do? We did uh, Blur, switching into Oasis, and then for the gag reveal, we then switched into the Spice Girls. Oh, so it was all quick changing stuff. Yeah, well, it would be like, oh, and, you know, first it was the Blur, and then a bit of Country House or whatever. And, um, you know, one of us would be looking at our shoes like Damon used to do when he was singing. And then, you know, quick two minutes history about bleeding into them, Britpop, da-da-da, and then Oasis came on the scene, and we're all doing our best mank impression with a load of Macs and that. It was quite fun. And then... Um, and then it was into... Oh, and the girl power swept the nation, da-da-da, and I was Ginger Spice, because I was the only Ginger child on that cast, oh, so yeah. <laughs> I took... I, I had to take it with a good sense of humour, otherwise I'd be... I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have gone out in my little... Um, great british number there yeah uh, <laughs> it was great we were trolling the charity shops as well for that and we found a perfect um british flag um sequin number as well there 
Um, no nip slip there, folks. No Janet Jackson there. True professionalism. But yes, um, I have given it a good old RuPaul try. What about yourself? Uh, yeah, yeah, I have as well. Um, in uh, it was actually for a Christmas um, project we did in college, where um, we had to recreate a music video of our choice. Um, so everyone was doing various different ones and stuff. And in my team, I was just like, well why don't we do like a melody of different music videos and in the in middle I'll dress up as tran- uh, in, tran- in, tran- uh, in like a dress and stuff I'll just be a trans uh, I'll start again so we had a Christmas project where we had to make a Christmas music video from different Christmas songs and stuff like that um, everyone had you could choose your own song as well so um, I came up with the idea of having a melody of different music videos and it'd be me dressed in drag chasing after my mate Joss uh, to try and I don't know, I guess take him back to my lair and such um, I had a beard, I didn't have as long as I usually do, do um, and such, they thought I even thought it was a really good idea um, I we got one of my one of the people, girls in the team to um, like bringing a dress and such which when she started wearing it after on a night out I always wanted to comment on her Facebook being like I pulled it off better don't worry um, <laughs> it was hilarious it was just kind of like it was a really tight fit dress um, and just literally the whole gimmick was my mate opens up the door I'll try and find it I'll put it on potentially try and get it on Facebook to put on a group um, you know if you guys want to see it um, but literally like he opens up this door and then uh, the Santa baby starts playing and you see like I do this wiggle with my ass and it's like ooh okay and, that's <laughs> and then it's just like it's quite horrific and then at the end he goes into a party there's loads of different things where, he's, where I keep on popping up and shit um, and he goes into a party I sneak behind him he throws me out of the party and then because there was a music block in my college where if um where obviously if you open a door you're all soundproof but if you open a door like more music played my friend Lorna yeah. it was really it was really well shot if I don't say so myself um, opens a door and obviously drums goes I turn to the camera do like a gym like break the fourth wall and it's like ho 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 and then the omen music starts playing um, and like it goes really <laughs> demonic and it's just like <laughs> it's really weird it kind of makes an understanding it pro- make, helps you Tyler anyway to understand um my thought process in some of some of the uh, scripts what I wrote in, in mm, university, yeah. which was I was a little bit acid run, I guess would be the way <laughs> you uh, you did it. But yeah, it was it was fun. It was very free. Very. Um, I got catcalled a lot by like people in <laughs> in the uh, in the department who didn't see what we were doing. Saw me dressed around in drag. But yeah, my one of my tutors actually said we showed it him, and he was just like, "Cal, you've got a really nice arse." I was just like, "Thank you." I think I don't know. Am I getting an A on this? <laughs> I don't know how I feel. Am I getting an A, or is this going to Operation U Tree? <laughs> am I getting? Uh, am I getting an A? Are you trying to get my A? Like, what? What are we doing? Yeah, I don't know how we're interlude away from that. But um, as far as, you know, RuPaul's Drag Race um, scale 1 to 10, who wore it better than Bart or Millhouse there? 
It's got to be. You've got the blonde and the brunette. I'd say Millhouse. Oh. Yeah, he goes a bit better. He goes a bit further. He puts a bit of makeup on. He's got a lot of volume in that wig, and he has got the makeup there. He's he's selling a lot there. But why do they have wigs though in the in the closet? <laughs> I assume it's a margin Homer role play thing. Yeah, she likes him in uniform, so why not wigs as well? Fair play. It would make canon. It would make canonical sense, to be fair. But yes, you know, sisters are doing it for themselves. They're busy jumping up on the bed. Thankfully, they've locked the door. Well done, boys. Um, at home, saying, what the hell's going on in there? Um, and Bart gets in a tizzy and ends up going back and hitting on his Homer's bowling ball there. He ends up cracking his coccyx. <laughs> Sisters are doing it for themselves. Hey, why is this door locked? Oh, no, it's Dad. What's going on? And I want a non-gay explanation. Uh, we're drunk. Really drunk. Oh, thank God. Mm-hmm. But do we fast forward yeah. to the hospital, um, Springfield Teaching Hospital, as it finds out, um, and Bart has broken his fanny bone. Coccyx, even. Damn it. I fucked that up. This is why I don't host, guys. This is why I don't explain the episode. I just kind of wean my way through it. Um, well, it is attached to his fanny there for the US term, by the way, folks. It didn't uh, didn't go minge first, no. even though he was in drag. Don't worry. Um, to which everyone has a good laugh about uh, that he's broken his coccyx. Uh, he has a gets a nice cast, quite a rup- uh, rupus, a quite a f- uh, thick boy, a fat uh, cast, which really brings out his ass. Um, to it. Oh, the little graph they got yeah. as well of the little boy just squatting like he's taking a shit there. Oh, can you imagine? To which Bart then asks, "Does everyone have to um, be viewing through this through the screen?" He goes, "Well, Bart, this is a teaching hospital after all. That's why we fitted it with this teaching screen." Pulls out where arguably that's probably where he would shit. Um, but did you hear what some of the people said? And <laughs> Nurse, Didn't they she, say, like, oh, he should exercise more? Yeah, he should easily lose Cheeky bastards. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's rather that than say, oh, that boy thick, and then he gets carted off there. <laughs> Jeez. So this is where we get, you know, as is the pattern of these late season, the inciting instant to the inciting instant. Bart is now in a wheelchair. You know, he can't go anywhere, can't go up any steps, can't go really go to school. So Lisa questions Principal Skinner as to why isn't this a thing now? Oh, you know, we're not up to code, you know, it's too expensive there. There's no chance we could build this. And out of a tree, cow, like, <laughs> now this, now as odd as this was, I liked this odd bit just because, um, I don't know, I've seen it in classic Hanna-Barbera. You see Top Cat, you know, come out of the um, trash can or Yoga Bear, come out of a very skinny... Uh, redwood there so this popped me this worked me quite well um but what's this uh scheme that what's fat tony gonna help this school with cow they can't they can't afford it or something like that because he can't afford mm. it that's where i come in and they uh offer him to do it with mob labor um he says we can't afford that uh two g's or whatever whatever he says he goes too late the trucks are already here and all the trucks pull up, and he goes, "How did they get here so fast?" He goes, "Due to a legal uh, perspective, we decide we uh, the trucks are always moving." 
is what happens. Now let's do the groundbreaking ceremony. Um, uh, Golden shovel, they've got it already, yeah. Cal. They just come on, take a picture, uh, start making ridiculous ramps where it's going all here, there, and everywhere, all around the house. What's the what's the construction team called? Do you remember? Oh, it's um, I think it's like Van Stanciano something olive oil. Olive oil, yeah. Because what happens is finally when they finish all the work, um, they get Bart to be the inaugural uh, disabled student. Hopefully, one of many disabled children, um, Bart Simpson to come up. But obviously, by this time, everything's healed. His coccyx is stronger than ever, um, and he bounces on on the floor a little bit. He can do little kip-ups with his ass. there. He's a regular yeah. Shawn Michaels. I like that. They then decide to... Uh, well, you know, we've got it now. It's perfectly fine. Um, we can... We, you know, we, we're prepared for the new millennium. To which, when they touch it, they realise it was all made out of breadsticks. Which is a nice little... That's why I asked about the olive oil. You get the crows feasting on it, yeah. <laughs> and then it's 200 grand cow. Are they mad? No. They don't get mad, they get stabby. <laughs> I'll just say, before we get to Skinner and his house trying to think of a plan to get this money, uh, two bits I really enjoyed this. Number one, um, when Skinner's saying, you know, if they ask us if we're up to code with the disabled student programs of 2000, I say, we are closer than ever before. Not even up to code, but, you know, they're trying, bless them. And when they... Um, you know, when the crowd parts their way, so Bark come through and they clap them. Uh, did you catch Homer there? Proud of you, boy! <laughs> this is a proud day. Now, when people ask if we're in compliance with the Americans with Disabilities Act of 1975, I can say we are closer than ever before. Yay! Thank you. To inaugurate our ramp system, here's the first of what I hope will be many disabled students, Bart Simpson. What the? Bart, where's your wheelchair? Don't need it anymore. Doctor says my butt bone's stronger than ever. Uh, uh, uh. Ta-da! Yes, Cal. Um, Skinner's trying to hatch another plan now. They've been robbed by the Mafia. Oh, no, sorry, even before that. Um, good news, Cal. Um, they're not going to have bloodthirsty mafioso types after them, are they? No. But, uh, and you just see him drive past. There's a little bit before this as well where he goes... Um... Because uh, I'm, what did you say now? Fuck me! I do apologise. I'm like the worst reviewer ever. Um, it's where he step, puts his hand on his car and he goes, "Get your hand off my car!" And then um, is it Hans, the the guy? It's Louis. It's Louis, uh, Louis I think. Yeah, comes out. Yeah, he just... comes out of nowhere and cleans it. <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, due to lack of funds, Springfield Elementary is going to close forever. Unfortunately, so. Um, well, I mean, if this was real life, I'd have the same reaction to the kids at that so. age there. Yeah. yeah. Everyone starts cheering and they go, uh, No, you just don't get it. And then they cheer again. Yay! I'm, I'm going to stop now. <laughs> Yay! To which they have a panic meeting at Skinner's house um, to try and work out what's happened. Um, they, che- they need to they get a question by quite a few people. 
Um, one of my favourite part, probably my favourite part of this episode, if I'm honest. Is just a cutaway gag of Homer just asking, where is the buffet? And he goes, you keep on asking me that, but it's, uh, I've told you, it's over there. Cut away to just like a beautiful spread, you know, fair play to Skinner. He, uh, hey, this is not my nan's funeral. They've got proper roast and everything it? there. Beautiful. How could you close the school? What will become of our kids? Where are the refreshments? Now you keep asking me that, and I keep telling you over there. <clears throat> As for the school, we are exploring various options to raise the $200,000 we need. Now I've got a motorhome I never use. Maybe we should raffle it off. Maybe you should shut up. Well, I... Okay. And they start to, you know, think of these ideas, and Flanders, as good as ever, says, Oh, I've got a motorhome I never use, which is absolutely true to canon maybe i could sell that off and homer with is that an omelet mouth and all maybe you shut up <laughs> is that, yeah oh, okay but to be fair that's like a really good idea and marge just kind of mm. what happened oh mo says like we should start selling alcohol i'm really good at that yeah like, sir put some shoes on uh, shows, what, you don't um, like my bags <laughs> i saw i think it's is it nike who've just released the weird um, yeah, I know what you mean. Wait, what, rather than like laces or like Velcro or anything, you, you they look like bags. I saw it on Bottomosin mm. the other day. It, was, it quite made me laugh. Um, but yeah, Marge just shoots down fucking Ned. He's just like, you know, fuck it. Um, we these are all horrible, horrible ideas. Um, and. What do they decide to do? Well, it seems Mr. Burns has got the biggest, deepest pockets in town there. Even though um, Homer says, well, he's denied all the charities, you know, save the orphans, free the dolphins, even release the hounds. And he's smuggling. Fair play to Homer. Uh, we've all been there, you know, getting as much as you can out of the wedding buffet table there. He's got all his pastries and his pants. But they're going to put on a, some sort of a slick production to... Manipulate and get the cold heart of Burns. A school play. This, folks, is my favourite part of the episode, hands down. Just for the pure simple fact that Mr Burns has never seen any bit of drama or play or TV or film (laughs) ever. Um, Because he's reacting to it like a three-year-old would do at the simplest (laughs) storylines. No matter how hammy and awful the kids are at acting. Welcome to the world premiere of The Nice Man Giveth. Focus! It's a play, sir. Hmm, which one of these is the salt? Too bad I'm an idiot because my school closed. Oh well. No, that's the red poison. And freeze. Now, who in Springfield will eat the poisoned broth? Oh, it could be anyone, even Mr. Burns. This play really speaks to me. Woo, 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 woo! I can't take Mr. Burns to the hospital because I'm too dumb to read a map. Oh, why did my school have to close? Mm. Hello, I'm Dr. Stupid. I'm going to take out your liver bones. Ah, oops, you're dead. I never liked that Doctor Stupid. I never liked that Doctor Idiot. <laughs> it's just hilarious. Is this, you know, who? Uh, uh, oh, which one's the salt? 
Oh, I don't know. I wonder who could drink this uh, soup. Maybe it's someone. Uh, could it be you? Well, I feel this play really talks to me. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it's just so invested. No, that's the red poison. And hell, they've really sold it. Someone's got so invested. Now, is he going to invest in the school? Because, hell, I think Skinner's actually ruined it here because he said, we do have an ulterior agenda. <gasps> no! And he says, look, the school needs money. And he goes, oh, yeah, sure, I'll donate. Goes to the big button on the side of his chair. And um, it goes a bit Portal 2, doesn't it, Cal? It really does. It, just, it does that thing again where... Uh... <laughs> Which makes you think, what, how many times has this happened? I will say, I like the fact he said it's doing that thing again, because otherwise it's um, like the first, the very first bit of the episode where it's something surreal and out there just for the sake of it. And in all respects it is, but at least they say like, oh, it's doing that thing again, like it's always existed, like they're playing with it a good bit there. Um, so I didn't mind it uh, as egregious as it was there. No, this... Yeah, this whole little bit there capped off very well into the app break. Uh, we've got some more breaking news the next day, Cal, that Springfield Elementary has been bought, has been reopened there by um, Kids First Industries and Jim Hope there, who is one of the many guest stars in this episode there. Uh, can you tell us who, Cal? Uh, I can't. I forgot. So is it Steve Martin? It's Tim Robbins, Tim Robbins. Mr. Shawshank Redemption. However, Andy Dufresne. We did miss a, uh, quite a good part really when they're watching how horrible te- uh, daytime television is and watch um it's bumblebee man doing spanish court very much like judge rinder uh, el judge rindero yeah see si. which you know when you've been off and you know when you've been working from home and stuff like that how horrific tv daytime tv is over here or anywhere really the school has been taken over by kids first industries there with jim hope at the helm there and you know the kids are a bit unwise to this there so he's just saying oh you know i'm from kids first industries there and what do you kids want to learn about i want to ask you directly and they're so perplexed by this so bart tries to hit him with a joke straight away buggers but he's in on it as well ah buggers classic and He's very uh, confused, you know, you're not mad at me there. And, oh, God, they've got this line there. It's all part of the corporate stuff on his card or whatever, you know. I'm making sure you get a kick out of education. Roundhouse kicks a book. Oh, the kids love him there. It's all going swimmingly to plan. And so much so that Bart's doing it at home. And I definitely remember trying to do this as soon as I did this episode. And I think I wrecked my dad's copy of... Um, that was it. Um, uh, Ginger Baker, he had an autobiography out, um, I think, in the 2000 or 2001, and I bent the spine on it, and he wasn't happy with me. But yeah, I definitely karate kicked some books in my time. Did this have an effect on you, Cal, hitting those smart-ass books? Oh, yeah, definitely. You had to. You just kind of had to copy it, really. Um, I, don't, I don't remember kicking anything specifically. I think I tried it once, and it just hurt, so I just stopped. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like what the tv lied to me what the fuck the only real homework they've got is you know to bring the favorite toy in and show it to the class and we've got some good examples here cow is yours is your favorite one millhouse's like mine is millhouse's is pretty good i, I 
but if I'm honest, it's got to be Nelson, like cowardly, just doing the jack in the box. It just <laughs> but cow is challenging. It is. <laughs> it just goes on for so long. It's just like I don't. I always remember it jumping it up, jump, it jumping out. You expect it to pop out, no, don't it you? Doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> it's so much better because it's just the efforts for nothing. You just awkwardly seem wind up for no impact there. Millhouse is my favourite one just because, um, well, again, of house all kiddie is around it. Vroom, vroom. And a line that hasn't aged well because the connotations change. I'm calling daddy. <laughs> but you're hearing all these buzzwords, you know, like, oh, it should be cuddly. It should be able to love you. Yeah, lots of firepower and all these suggestions coming through. But we see, well, why they're having these toys and why um, kids' first industries are coming. There's a secret room cow they're recording the kids what's happening uh they get they're getting free uh market experience you know group marketing uh to try and make perfect toy however they're getting a lot more from good old uh fourth graders compared to the second graders who are just messing him around who in particular <laughs> messing him around cow good old ralph <laughs> Oh, of course he is. Fun toys are fun. Yeah. Because is it fun? Uh, look, Ralph. We uh, we don't want to give any. Uh, we don't grade anyone in this class. However, if you don't shut up, you're gonna get a fail. The forest teacher yelled at me too. <laughs> he's come up. I tell you what. He's not my MVP, but um, the select lines Ralph gets given here, I really enjoyed, and particularly seconds later you get. Lisa coming up with good names. One they actually go for, you know, Funzilla, Funzo, Attila the Fun. And the teachers realising, you doing math? Uh, just a couple of uh, you know, subtractions and that. And Venn diagrams. Uh, Ra- Venn diagrams, yeah. thank you. And <laughs> Ralph just straight up snitches her. <laughs> There's more under her chair. Good old Ralph. He's still heartbroken from when she uh, broke his heart. Yeah, good on him. You gotta even it up. That was that was a good take, that wasn't it? Heartbroken from when he broke her heart. Broke his heart. I fucked it up on the fucking retail of the joke. That's hilarious. <laughs> so Lisa, because of this, is doing lines in class and you know, the ironing's delicious according to Bart. So uh as Bart is doing very well, he shuts off the lights and that's not funny, but you see a slither of light, a slight crack into where the um, chalkboard is. Lisa ends up going through into that secret room with the audio projector and the recordings and such, and she's realised they're making notes, and this is just whole market research. And the like, what's it going to be for? And then a nice act break there. Very, um, would you lean more towards Gremlins or Terminator Cow? Because we get to see the Funzo exoskeleton go over to Lisa, you know, little figure overhand, then to the act break. It's, I'd say Terminator, definitely, to be fair. Um, very on the nose to, very well, sim- very similar to Gremlins kind of thing. You've got that weird creepiness. Mm. Um, as you may or may not know, I'm quite terrified of, like, not so much robots. Robots don't bother me. Um, it's it's more so uh, 
more so just dolls and shit like that, if I'm honest. Lisa is so alarmed by this um, little uh, robotic figure she's found that she ends up getting Chief Clancy Wiggum and folks. It's good to see him on this festive episode. As well as Marge and Homer. Um, it's got to be quick, though. He left Ralphie in the bathtub <laughs> and he's ready to get out now. Oh, he's back again. I love him. This better be important, Lisa. I left Ralphie alone in the bathtub. So, I think Ralph. Oh, I just love Ralph. He's so funny. Mm. He, he just. He, I feel he's smarter than he lets on. He's obviously very special, should I say? Yeah. But he's just got that cuteness of this, the lovable idiot, really. Yeah, they don't overdo it. Um, when it gets to a lot later seasons, they really play up yeah. how actually special he is, which is a bit of shame, but. Yeah, this is cuddly. This is cute. There, it's a more idiot savant, uh, very, uh, very innocent. You're right. So um, they're about to go into this room. What you see in this room is, you know, terrible. There, it's what I've been saying the whole time. And Homer thinks the plot of the Omen's going to happen. Uh, is this going to be like one of those horror movies where we open the door and everything's normal and we think you're crazy, but then there really is a killer robot, and the next morning you find me impaled on a weather vane? Is that what this is, Lisa? To be fair, not all evil robots are killers. So Lisa goes to open up this broom closet, but yeah, nothing. Broom actually falls on her. Um, they've gotten away with it there. And um, Clancy Wiggum, with a great uh, Ed Sullivan impression, who I only know as that talk show host that had the Beatles on that one time with a really big show. With uh, American references and American shows as well, Krusty the Clown's doing his... Uh, you know, non-denominational holiday special there with, you know, Beck. Um, <laughs> Beck, the Dixie Chicks, and, um, what was it, Cream of Bull Jabbar as the Magic Genie. And can you remember the holidays and, you know, to have a crazy, Chris- crazy Kwanzaa, Merry Christmas, tip-top tat. Uh, happy Hanukkah, and then a very respectable uh, Ramadan. <laughs> That's one. What's then the, they're gonna... What's the tet? I've never heard of that one before. Tip top tet. Uh, oh, I couldn't tell you. I want to say it's Hinduism, maybe. Yeah. That's one of the symbols there. Um, listeners, please uh, let us know there. But he throws over to his god cow. Their sponsors. Bowers. The good old capitalism. This is a advert for Funzo. Turns out that was the exoskeleton in the broom closet. It's Funzo, the Elmo-looking thing there. And they're using all the phrases the kids used in their lessons, you know. He's so lovable and furry. Yeah, lots of firepower. And without Funzo, Cal, you're nothing. And, yeah, um, I guess this is the segment of the show where we talk about our, you know, most uh, infamous or famous gifts that we ever got. The most in-demand presents when you were a lot younger. Uh, for myself, I guess very briefly, um, it would be the Action Man... Uh, you know, action jeep, yeah. where it was like a truck, and then it had a little rocket launcher onto it. And you could shoot plastic um, pellets out. Amazing. And then the second one would be any kind of Hot Wheels. Mm. Mine was probably the I think Rumpum and Bumpum, where you got two sort of colliders and you smash the cars into each other. Yeah. So they were my top must-haves from the Argos catalog. What about you? Um, other than like games consoles and stuff, which obviously with the PlayStation Five and next 
Xbox X. Uh, it's it's I'm kind of living through that hell of trying to get one for uh, as a, not a present. I, I don't love one person in my family more than that. The person who I'm getting it for is paying me back, but I'm it's it's a fucking nightmare trying to get it. Um, but it's gone like every war. It's gone all online, so it's just worse off. Uh, gifts specifically, um, I remember apparently because I used to get a lot of Lego and like like big Lego sets. Which, if you didn't know, Lego is ridiculously expensive. And the th- oh yes, the thing is about these like spe- specific sets. What? Because I used to have this one, which was like a um, it was like a Vikings camp. They were massive. And it must have, it couldn't have been cheap. It must have been about hundred, you know, hundred and twenty quid at the time. Um, and then I, I recently looked it up, and it's worth about nine hundred to a thousand pounds, like freshly boxed. Because obviously, when it goes out of circulation, they just don't make it anymore. Um, but that fucking broke my heart that game because um, it took me fucking weeks. I was building it all up, and I finally did it, and it was really good. I put it on the floor, to ready to go and like take it into my room or whatever. And then my sister did a like a spin and then just fell on it and broke it. And no, oh, oh shit! I'll be honest, that's when my childhood died. If like where if I was yeah, so God damn! And everyone was laughing at me, and I was just like, "Are you fucking joking? Like, you need to get her up for adoption quick, or she's not making it to the end of the fucking week. Like, that's heartbreaking. You need to ground her. So she did it on purpose. I was just like. And then I couldn't. I tried building it up again, and it weren't the same. And like there were bits missing and shit like that. And I was just like, "You fucking dick." So the kids end up going over to the headquarters there, and but they've got to get past the guard first. And this is, you know, number two big guest star there, um, Gary Coleman, who big. I guess in '98-'99 when this was recorded, was going through a right shit time, yeah. um, post different strokes. Um, you know, he ended up divorcing his family. Yeah. I can't think of a better way to do it. Yeah. And then he ended up actually becoming his security guard. And there's viral videos of him just rolling on the hoods of cars for money. And yeah. Um, but I will say, despite all the sadness and the trajectory of his career and such, he did play a good role in here. Yeah. And I think he is parodying himself a la um, what Les Dennis would do in a future extras episode there. He's playing up to his perception that so fair play Gary I think he did a good job here Cal he did and he used the word big star ironically or I'm gonna go for it so I don't get cancelled yes hey it's Gary Coleman but the menu said galaxy of prawns three prawns are hardly a galaxy what do you mean your hands are tied let me talk to Mr. Kwan I want to see how this turns out. The phone's not even plugged in. All right, you listen to me, Quan. Hang on, I got another call. Yes, Mr. President, I can be in Washington right away. You people took advantage of trusting school children. How did you get past Gary Coleman? Let's just say he's a few prawns short of a galaxy. Yeah! Ha! Ugh! Ha! I'm sorry, Gary, there's no longer a place for you here. What you talking about, Miss Nagel? That is so adorable. You're rehired. Sucker. I knew exactly what she was talking about. They end up seeing the gruesome twosome behind Kids First Industries. Lindsay Nagel making an appearance and uh, Jim Hope. Say, wait, how did you get past Gary Coleman? Uh, he's a few prawns short of the galaxy. And 
what he's doing his best bruce lee ip man here as well the sounds coming out of him here it's fantastic and the animation yeah to which uh little Eagle just sacks him instantly to which he he says this line which probably haunted him to the day of his death where he's just i want you talking mm. about this news but i mean how the jig is up they even really admit it themselves um well it seems to be going well you know because it's Buy children, four children, with the profits going to children, cow. Oh, really? Well, we're all someone's children. <laughs> I need to use that more. That is a fantastic I know, line. No, It was very quick. I just thought it was, it was one of my favourite jokes in this episode, I feel. It's up there with the Food Critic episode, and they're in the newspaper um, printing press, and they go, oh, how much of your newspapers are recycled? Zero. Well, zero is a percent. <laughs> It's all about the fine. Ch- it's all about the fine lines, yeah. kids. But they did screw him a bit, so they get a prototype of Funzone. Bart snaps that up. He doesn't care. He's been screwed. He's away, and he's loving his Funzo. And hell, the Funzo's just ready to show absolutely anything for kids first. Um, <laughs> uh, really good, and he even starts acting very violently towards other dolls. Cal. He uh, beheads Malibu Stacy. And then, kind of weirdly creepily, uh, chokes Christ, a Krusty doll with with the string, um, to which Christy starts reacting. She's a more terrifying bit, really. He starts, cho- he starts doing like choking noises and shit. Yeah, I guess Krusty must have been choking on, I don't know, an olive from his martini in the studio. If thinking of it canonically, and they just, oh, fuck it, we'll stick that in. But. Yes, it's very horrifying. You even get animations of the arms going in and out while his head's getting hit against the sofa there. So Barkley's have got a you know a second attempt to try and stop this, to try and go straight to the um try and low or the try and save there to boycott Funzo. But um Springfield, we've talked about it many times before, mob mentality, and Flanders is just uh completely brainwashed by his cuteness. He has a flower for ooh. Not even you. Oh, um, I mean, hell, is this more of a Elmo or a Furby parody, or what would it, you say, Cal? I'd say it's a mixture of both. Furbies used to like terrify me a little bit when they were kind of like dying of battery, and did kind of oh like, yes, a little bit of nightmare sand. fuel. I used to have one where used to screech, and it was just really, really terrifying. <laughs> it just couldn't like the voice box must have been broken or something. It's like. <laughs> Oh, it'd randomly go off in the middle of the night which um, was no brainer no brainer just terrifying um, did you ever have Furbies and stuff? no no I wasn't into that I had some I think it was a knockoff Furby where it was essentially the plastic outside but they just put tracks on it and tried to make it like a cool robot from the future oh, there but yeah. I think it was the same uh, toy makers there but it had you must have smelled that horrible electric smell yeah. when you leave the batteries and yep memories <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's that same horrible scale electric smell you used to get from him I love how as well um, Lenny is hey he's not waiting till the stores opens fuck it get a big cane in there and it's looting you know what uh, 20 seconds in that's a new record but you know they're busy watching it there and Jim Hope just thinks I'd sleep better you know if I saw some trampling and of course, it's fucking Mo that's getting trampled there. They're taken out on him for his baggies, and oh, who wears cleats to a store? 
it's very reminiscent to like Black Friday now. Have you ever partook or worked at somewhere when Black Friday was happening? Or yeah, um, my last retail job before I was my current place of work. Um, yeah, we absolutely did Black Friday. Thankfully, I'm in a medium-sized town, and it's even then it's in a retail park, so we didn't get a lot of footfall. So it was quite controlled. I didn't see people clawing their eyes out for tellies or such. So no, any of your, any of your experiences, Cal? Not really. It's, it is more of an American thing. Like you get a few of the horror videos of like how panics it is. I've worked in I've I've, I've worked in uh, a mall when they first started it because we were kind of a coffee shop. It, it we didn't really you know see any more footfall than we normally would around the Christmas period. Um, I remember when I worked in a in Curry's uh, PC World, we had we say every every morning we'd have like a team meeting kind of thing, just like a preparation, saying like here's what the deals are and stuff. And it was just basically like squadron leader just giving you or everyone take a knee, like kind of like that South Park episode, you know, where they're all just talking him through and it's like some of us may die, but yeah, yeah that's, that's a great episode. That's a thing I'm willing a sacrifice I'm willing to make. And then we opened all the doors, and literally just like two people walked in. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was just, and it was just really dead. I, I think people kind of forgot about it, but yeah, I've never really experienced it. I, like, I don't particularly like going horrifically shopping around Christmas anyway. Um, one of the pluses of working in that in that mall for so long is I knew how to kind of navigate the burrows of where all the workers go for so I could avoid all the crowds and stuff and know which dogs were ah. armed and which weren't um, but yeah I, I, I kind of try and avoid it best I can so now the final last ditch effort to rid the world of Funzo is to get Homer involved and ha- literally nick them go from door to door distract them whilst Homer sneaks in the first one's very successful there even gives him a little cheeky wave with the funzo when he hops out. Um, oh, but the second one just goes to shit. And um, if it wasn't for the school play, yeah, uh, this was going to be my uh, absolute favourite part. Definitely. But it's not even the dog attacking him. It's the very real foley of someone knocking over a Christmas tree <laughs> and just seeing his big fat ass knock it over. It's a brilliant cow. probably one of my after i don't know i knew i expected this this is why i i remembered this scene so that's why i it's not my favorite part i forgot about um the earlier scene when they're at skinner's house that's what and that gave me more of a giggle but this scene it's just yeah everything about it is so fantastic it's very classic simpsons of just like or like you said all the foley is really good um bart and lisa just Slowly getting louder to try and distract away from it. It's yeah, just, it's violence just, against Homer. Just fantastic, and just having him. Just... And the thing is, like, I know you don't like Homer when he when he's a bit of an idiot. He loves his kid. He does anything for him. He'll just he'll do a bit of breaking and entering. You know, he ain't got nothing else to do. It's cool. No, he he's good. He is 
fairly steady, nice Homer in this episode. Yeah. I'll, I'll give him that there. <laughs> um, and he drives the kids there. You know, this is going to be one of the Christmases he's saved instead of the ones that he's ruined. So, so he's, he's saved three. Uh, he's ruined eight, two of which were a draw. So, <laughs> to which they go, Dad, you're driving on the pavement. <laughs> so they've collected all the funzos up, and yeah, even that's great for just all the big whirring and churning of gears and battery noises and that. And they chuck them, you know, let's end the horror now. They're, they chuck them onto the Springfield tire fire. And, well, it's seemingly it, but maybe it's the last line of defense pulls up in a Jeep, and it's Gary Coleman. And, um, yeah, you can tell they were strapped for time, folks, because they race to the finish here saying, oh, you know, it's not up to you to burn these now. And then they get into a contrived joke about, oh, they were there till the end of the night there, talking about what Christmas really is and the, I don't know, the capitalist venture of it. Version of, it's a mixture of both holiday and commercial that's the one it's a mixed blessing cow you're right um yeah this is where it starts to fall flat for me right at the end i don't know how you felt about uh this yeah i'd, I'd kind of say the same it's it's in that period of simpsons what i've mentioned before where the kind of the wrap-up of the episode is a little bit shit um it's you know like it's a nice little ending where they kind of wrap things up and and it they kind of do explain why the school will be back to normal in the next episode. Um, it doesn't. I, I would have loved to see some sort of fallout of everyone getting robbed. That's kind of gets forgetting about. Yeah, yeah. You know, they have a really dark joke about Moe's suicide a little bit later on. I think that's the there. best joke they ever did with uh, when they turned Moe suicidal. Just no funeral and just how desperate he looks. Like, there's no uh, top in that joke ever. But yeah, they decide to invite Gary to the Simpsons Christmas, um, to which he instantly turns him down, saying that he's having dinner at George Clooney's house, to which they kind of go, come on, we know you're bullshitting. And they go, oh, okay. Well, he saved them from a little Funzo Terminator there. He did as well, yeah. Like, he actually uses his... um, Bruce Lee Kung Fu for good there. And then, yeah, Bart with a very apt line, oh, that's, you don't see that at Christmas. <laughs> they quickly wrap up. Um, I will say, I would have forgiven um, them, you know, quickly in like microseconds going through, you know, uh, a Charles Dickens Christmas Carol and um, It's a Wonderful Life. I like those micro tellings of it, but I wish they just had that and not had um, them just quickly going you know, oh true it's a mixed blessing like have one or the other don't have both that's my uh that's my critique of it i feel it's 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 funny it just i like i said i would have seen some it's a very quick ending like they would just think oh fuck we'll just fine we'll just do what we can um but just some sort of fallout of them just robbing everyone would have been nice they could have easily gone like a pot you know done a bit of like a grinch Hint or something like that, you know, uh, uh, homage or, or or something, but no, but you know, it's it's a nice little ending. You've obviously got suicidal Mo and then good old Burnsy um, doing being Scrooged, um, and we get our final. Uh, what are you talking about, Mister Burns? Uh, Mo, 
uh, even oh fuck I'll start again uh, so yeah so then they have Mo when Mo comes in he doesn't explain that he's actually bashed the fuck out of some jeep or something <laughs> <laughs> to which Gary Coleman's just like what are you talking about Mo everyone laughs turns to the camera what are you talking about everybody and it's yes a... and that's a Merry Christmas to all and that's how we end the episode and as always, uh, with this festive uh, jolly season, how we're going to end this final episode of uh, 2020, folks, as we uh, get our turkey on. Uh, how would you, what's your final thoughts on this and your own unique rating out of five, please, Cal? Um, the episode's fine. It's it's not, is it season 11? Uh, uh, yes, yeah, it's yeah, 11. Which is obviously on the back end where, where it kind of goes a little bit, uh, a little bit, a little bit balls, but um i felt the episode was fine it was better than i remembered it being um even though it's kind of based at christmas it's not really a christmas episode i'd say i don't know what would you say like would would you say it's christmasy i I think it's just kind of they had an idea and just thought well toys fuck it we'll just say it christmas kind of thing um but there's laughs through it you know um i quite enjoyed it i'd say not probably about 2.5 uh gary coleman complaint line of nowhere out of five i think i think yeah 2.5 i can't justify giving it a three but it's a good 2.5 what about yourself um, I think technically it is a Christmas episode because they do mention it. It's about toys and a few other minor things. Um, there is enough jokes for it for me to uh, say it's all right to solid myself. Um, it's just the very surreal open and just the rushed flat end. As I said, one of the other folks, one of the other. But, you know... Um, Hell, I liked the small parts of it. I liked Ralph Wiggum there. Homer does a nice turn here as well. Um, there's some pretty good gags in here, but you know, it seems to be... Uh, this is more of a typical Season 11 episode, so seeing as you've scored that now, I was thinking I'll use my Christive jolliness and say 3 out of 5, but I've got to be real with myself, I can't lie. I'm also going to give it uh, 2.5 funzos out of 5, Cal. Yeah, happy holidays, dear. Merry Christmas, Mo! Uh, listen, I kinda banged up that Jeep in the driveway. What you talking about, Mo? <laughs> <laughs> what you talking about, everyone? Come to Uncle Mo's for family fun. It's good, 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 good. Mmm, sounds good.